Big Ten Media Days will be here in a week, and I can only imagine the questions that Mel Tucker will get about how critical this 2023 season is. While I don't think Mel Tucker is necessarily in jeopardy of being fired after 2023, unless his team, let's say, goes 1-11 or 2-10, maybe 3-9, I think it is critical for the future of the program and for Mel Tucker wanting to achieve what he said he wants to bring to East Lansing at 2022 Big Ten Media Days, that Scotty Hazelton, Mel Tucker, Harlan Barnett, and anyone else on the Michigan State defensive staff get together and figure out an identity for this defense. Mel Tucker, at last year's 2022 Big Ten Media Days, said that he wanted to bring championships to East Lansing, championships at a conference level and at a national level. And with the current defense, I have to tell you, that's not happening. Now, the offense, there are many gripes and concerns about the offense, but that's in another video that I've already made. So if you're curious about my thoughts on Michigan State's offense, and maybe they will be spread out a little bit through this video, but if you want an in-depth video on Michigan State football's offense and my thoughts on it, click the link in the description down below. I think Michigan State's offense this year, their identity which is running the football, is going to play very well to the strengths of this roster, which tight end, O-line, running back, quarterback are all strong. Wide receiver, I think, currently is the weakest link in the chain of Michigan State's offense. Who would have thought that would have been the case? But we didn't anticipate Keon Coleman to transfer exactly, and losing Jaden Reed to the NFL also hurt. But anyway, this video is on the defense, so if you're curious about the offense, Please watch that video and give that video and this video a like, hit the subscribe button, and click the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more Michigan State football content, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State football, and Big Ten football content, or college football content all around. We got some top 25 videos, Heisman videos, and power ranking videos coming up in the next few weeks. Again, one week away from Big Ten Media Days, we're not even two months away from the start of college football. It's exciting. And Mel Tucker, just like every other head coach and every other coaching staff, have he's been working hard. Him and his staff have been throughout this preseason. And one of the things, if you're a Michigan State fan, that you're hoping he's worked on is the identity of the defense. Michigan State once again used the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball. And on offense too, but on defense especially. Michigan State also brought in a great recruiting class, a high-quality but low-quantity recruiting class for the 2023 cycle out of high school. And despite the fact that they lose a lot of production defensively, most of that is from the secondary. So that might be more of a positive than a negative. The Michigan State Spartans, according to 24-7 Sports, have the 45th best transfer portal class. Some key players that they're bringing in offensively, Alante Brown at wide receiver. Defensively, they're bringing in guys like Aaron Alexander, for example, a linebacker from UMass. Dre Butler, a defensive lineman from Liberty. Bringing in a lot of tight ends, for example, Jalen Franklin from Wisconsin. 
also Tynail Hopper from Boise State and Edemola Falee from Norfolk State. Jarrett Jackson, a defensive lineman from Florida State, is transferring in. That's another defensive addition, along with Samar Melvin, a backup corner from Wisconsin. Mel Tucker did bring in a lot of bodies. A lot of these transfers, whether it's according to rlads.com or myself just looking at the roster, looking at statistics and games played last season, a lot of these transfers will not start. Most of the starting players this season will be players that were enrolled and on the team last year. According to rlads.com, that's the case for the entire offense, and for the defense, that's the case for all but two players. Tunmise Adelaide, sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, defensive end coming in from Texas A&M, highly touted recruit out of high school, he is going to be an immediate impact player. Samar Melvin, the corner from Wisconsin, looks to start opposite of Chester Kimbrough which to me screams yikes defensively, but we'll get more into the depth chart in a few minutes. I want to talk about the identity of this defense. And the fact just remains that there really isn't an identity defensively. The identity best can be described as bend but don't break, but breaks too often. Breaks in the biggest moments. Outside of the Michigan game in 2021, that is. Or maybe Penn State in 2021 as well, or really that whole 2021 season. But whether it was against Purdue, or whether it was the whole season last year, or 2020, this bend-but-don't-break strategy that Scotty Hazleton employs in a porous secondary, which year after year under Mel Tucker has been amongst the worst in America, it has to stop. It really has to stop. For all of Mel Tucker's tenure in East Lansing, the Spartans have finished each season with a scoring defense that is outside of the top 50 in points allowed per game. They allowed 35.1 points per game in 2020. In 2021, they allowed 25.3. And in 2022, they allowed 27.4. Now, the offense... One could argue, and I even argued this, the offense last year was worse than the defense, or at least it was more poorly managed, which is mind-boggling to say, but I think it was the truth. I was more in favor of firing Jay Johnson as opposed to Scotty Hazleton at the end of the 2022 season. I think that take is going to be one that probably ages poorly, but we'll have to see how Saturdays go and, and how the season goes for Michigan State. But... We at least know what the identity on Michigan State's offense is. It's running the football, even if it's to a, the detriment of the team, like in 2022, where Michigan State would have been better off running an air raid with their injured O-line and elite receiving core and solid quarterback room, as opposed to pounding the rock with, again, an injured, mediocre, below-average O-line and a running back room that was sorely disappointing for having Jarek Broussard, Elijah Collins, and Jalen Berger in that room. Very disappointing rushing performance by Michigan State last season offensively. And it was the same defensively. Jacob Slade was injured, and it was like the running defense no longer existed. The only reason Michigan State's secondary last year was statistically better, 
compared to the 2021 secondary is teams didn't have to pass against Michigan State's defense to get long, explosive touchdowns. They no longer had to. Teams could now run for four, five, six, seven yards per carry against Michigan State last year instead of running for .5, 1, 2, or 3 yards per carry against Michigan State's awesome defensive line in 2021. So this defense has to improve, and I say that because the schedule is the toughest in America, I think. I think Michigan State has the number one strength of schedule, at least projected, because again, until the games play themselves, we won't know these things for sure. These are just preseason predictions. That's it. Michigan State will face Washington. They will face Michigan. They will face Ohio State. They will face Penn State. Those offenses, but more specifically, Washington, Minnesota, and Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, all those teams, their offenses are going to be good. And their teams overall will be good. Minnesota, Penn State, I think those offenses have the potential to be great, but I don't think they will be elite. But nonetheless, when you look at Washington, Michigan, and Ohio State, those are my top three offenses, by the way. Top three. Entering the 2023 season is Washington, Michigan, Ohio State. Those are the top three. Those offenses are in a tier of their own. All have great offensive lines. Washington's and Michigan's is elite everywhere. Ohio State is elite on the interior. They all have fantastic quarterback play. Washington is an underrated set of running backs that are great. Michigan and Ohio State have elite running backs, if healthy, of course, because in the modern sport and with Ohio State specifically, their running backs have had health problems for the past year or two. But Michigan State's going to be facing, I say this often, a plethora of great offenses, of offenses that can attack through the air or can burn you on the ground. Don't forget about Maryland either. Even though that's a home game and Maryland as a program isn't as good historically, or I think in 2023, as Washington, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, they have an offense. They have Talia Tagovailoa, Roman Hemby, Caden Prather, Eric Harris on the offensive line, who's should make out to be a good center. And then Iowa on the road, they have Caleb Johnson. They return all of their offensive linemen, many of whom are rated highly according to NFL scouts, and they have great tight ends. So Michigan State's defense is going to be facing offenses that will be able to score one way or another. And that's any offense, if you take that literally, but if you take that in the metaphorical sense, I'm talking about offenses that will be above average at worst, elite at best. Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, when you face three, the three best offenses in America all on your regular season schedule, you have a hard schedule, a very challenging schedule. And Michigan State's defense, the secondary, the linebacker core, the D-line, there are questions everywhere for this defense. Now, I think there will be some addition by subtraction, I think that their returning production, despite not being high, they return the production in areas that matter, in the areas where they were good in last year, like defensive tackle with Simeon Barrow, linebacker, the computer of the defense, they return Cal Halliday, Jacoby Winman is back, 
Aaron Brule is back, and Jacoby Winman is a, a very good player, a, a very a, a great linebacker. He led the nation in forced fumbles last year despite only playing in eight games. Great player. Not exactly an X-Factor unicorn player, though he does have that potential because in big games last year, he wasn't exactly a factor. But against opponents that weren't elite, he feasted. Washington had to double-team him against Akron and Western Michigan, which were teams that he used to play against at the Group of Five level because he played in the Mountain West Conference, so you're playing schools that are similar in talent to those MAC schools. He dominated there, too. Got a forced fumble against Wisconsin, Minnesota, teams with great offensive lines and great running backs. He's a great player that many have forgotten about. After the whole tunnel incident, and he was suspended for the rest of the season, everyone's kind of forgotten about Jacoby Winman and the linebacker core for Michigan State in general. Michigan State, period, amen, is a forgotten team. They're a forgotten team. In my opinion, they went from being one of the most overhyped teams in the United States in 2022's preseason to now being one of the most underrated teams in 2023's preseason. Now, if any of you know by watching my top 25 or Big Ten predictions videos, I have Michigan State losing more than a handful of games. I have them going 6-6. Six and six. Most of that's due to their tough schedule, though rather than due to the fact that I think they're a bad football team. They will be the best 6-6 six and six team in the country. They'll probably be better than most, if not all, 7-5 and five teams in America, in college football. And the defense, I think, will be a big reason why. I don't think that this defense will necessarily have a solid identity this season. I don't anticipate that they will be elite or even great. But I think... Due to returning production at key places like linebacker and defensive tackle, i.e. the front seven, which has been Michigan State's strength on defense as opposed to the back five, back four, depending on if Scotty Hazleton goes into a 4-2-5 or a 4-3-4. A and defensive back is where most of the production is, has left. Defensive back, it's harder to replace production and outgoing starters there, but with how bad players like Ronald Williams have been, or Chester Kimbrough, who sadly is returning and probably will start in 2023, getting in players, young players who Mel Tucker personally recruited and were four stars coming out of high school in Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, and an underrated player in Darius Snow at secondary. I think that Michigan State at safety will improve in coverage, and this will probably be the best safety room that Mel Tucker has had. Corner, I don't exactly know. I do expect Charles Brantley to at some point replace either Samar Melvin or Chester Kimbrough, just on the virtue that having a Wisconsin backup starting with Chester Kimbrough and then facing Ohio State and Washington wide receivers and even Michigan and Maryland wide receivers, which Michigan and Maryland will have top 20 wide receiver rooms in America, in my opinion, that won't end well. And Charles Brantley is, I think, a good player. I think he's a good corner. He certainly has the potential to be a good corner. And Scotty Hazleton and Harlan Barnett have not had a good corner in quite some time. So I think it's important that at some point he starts, and I think he will. 
and he's a clutch player as well. But you got Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum starting at strong safety and free safety, respectively. Samar Melvin and Chester Kimbrough occupy the corner spots. The star position is occupied by Darius Snow, and Angelo Gross will back him up there. At linebacker, we have Jacoby Winman, Cal Halliday, Aaron Brule, Ma Geoteote, and Quavain Carter. Those are the five linebackers. And at defensive line, Avery Dunn and Tunmise Adeleye at defensive end. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce that name. And at defensive tackle, we have Derek Harmon and Simeon Barrow Jr. Simeon Barrow Jr. potentially being the best player on Michigan State's defense this year. Awesome defensive tackle, great size, great athleticism. He was tied for second in team sacks last year with four, tied with Aaron Brule. He had 40 total tackles, four sacks, and a fumble recovery. Aaron Brule, 30 total tackles, four sacks, a pass defended, and another fumble recovery. Again, Jacoby Winman, six forced fumbles, five and a half sacks, 49 total tackles. That was just in eight games. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, phenomenal player, athletic freak. I mean, this defense has players on it. Let's not get that mistaken for. I would take Jacoby Winman in my linebacker room as a Michigan fan in a second, if I could. And I would like to have Simeon Barrow, too, in Michigan's deep defensive tackle room. And I think he could contend for a starting position there. So Michigan State has players on the defensive side of the ball. But depth is a concern. What if injuries happen? Michigan State, while recruiting well and using the transfer portal in what I'd say has been a 50-50 trade-off, getting great elite players like Kenneth Walker who break the game in a positive way, but also getting players like Chester Kimbrough who just break your mind in a negative way. I think the portal and Mel Tucker using it has really evened out the positives and the negatives, and recruiting has been a plus. The Spartans still don't have the depth that even a Wisconsin or Iowa or Minnesota has. They can't really afford injuries, and they're not not exactly physical yet, though they are getting there. And I think this year with the offensive line and the defensive line, this might be Mel Tucker's most physical team in his tenure at Michigan State. Though the 2021 team, with their awesome defensive line and okay okay offensive line, but most importantly, a physical running back in Kenneth Walker, they might have something to say about that. But Michigan State also added a defensive end through the portal, a great one from Texas A&M, who we've talked about before, and three defensive tackles through the portal. At linebacker, there have been no incoming portal additions. At secondary, there has only been one. Samar Melvin, and Chance Rucker, a freshman, also will be the third stringer at corner. But some incoming transfers on the D-line have been Jalen Sammy, Jarrett Jackson, and Dre Butler. Those are the three incoming defensive tackles, none of whom, by the way, look to start, Besides, it, it, which is strange because they're redshirt seniors coming in for their final or second-to-last season. So, very interesting. I think Mel Tucker, though, is just trying to build depth there at the worst, and at best, he's trying to get competition and just shore up the defensive tackle room, which is very good. 
So Michigan State, in terms of returning production, is well outside the top 50 in that category nationally, but you got to remember who they're losing, mostly defensive backs. They're losing some defensive ends as well, and Jacob Slade's gone too. But all in all, I think that there should be optimism regarding this defense. What do I think about 2023, and what are some predictions that I have for this defense for this coming season? I think that Jacoby Winman will lead the team in tackles. Cal Halliday led the team last year in total tackles with well over 100. Halliday last year had 120 total tackles, one and a half sacks, one forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Kendall Brooks was second on the team in total tackles with 100, and he also had three forced fumbles. He is currently a rookie safety with the Arizona Cardinals, and Ben Van Summeren was third in the team in total tackles with 73. He had two sacks and two passes defended. He's with the Philadelphia Eagles also as an undrafted free agent as a linebacker. So Michigan State did lose some key players. Total tackles are a huge part of returning production metrics, and losing your second and third place leaders in total tackles certainly hurts, along with losing Amir Speed, who is a corner who actually got drafted. He was fourth in the team in total tackles. But all in all, none of those players were high-impact guys per se. I think Winman is going to shoot up the board in total tackles, and he'll lead the team with over 100 He'll have over seven sacks, and he will once again lead the Big Ten in forced fumbles. I don't know if I'm going to go as far to say he will once lead the nation again in forced fumbles, but I think he'll lead the Big Ten. I think that that already is a bold enough prediction, along with him leading his team in total tackles. I think he's just that good of a player. He's solid. He has great technique. If you have six forced fumbles and you just watch the, the, the technique that he has with his hands, everything's intentional. He's well-trained. He's disciplined. He's a great player. And I think you're going to see that this season, and he is going to be one of the best, if not the best player on the Spartan defense. Michigan State's pass defense will improve. They'll have around 35 sacks and around 50 passes defended, and this will be the best secondary that Mel Tucker has had so far at Michigan State football. I think that at safety, Xavier Henderson was a great guy, good player, but his biggest weakness was coverage. And if you're a if you're a secondary player, you got to cover. And Amir Speed, despite being drafted, he couldn't cover. Ronald Williams, Chester Kimbrough, Xavier Henderson, Almost every player on that secondary last year could not cover anyone. They could not follow their man. They could not cover in zone. They couldn't do anything. They were helpless out there. But replacing those guys and, and Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, these are versatile players who probably can play multiple positions and be shuffled around if Mel Tucker needs them to be. They're sophomores. They got playing time as true freshmen, and they're going to be starting now. I think safety, the coverage there is going to improve. Corner, I think, is still a massive weakness. But if you can get some improvement somewhere, and I think that's what safety is going to be, you have to take it. You absolutely have to take it. And Charles Brantley decided to come back after initially entering the portal, so that helps at corner for sure. Brantley right now is a junior, and again, I expect him at some point to start for Michigan State. He's currently projected as a second stringer, but... 
I think he's going to start over Samar Melvin and or Chester Kimbrough. He's just better than those two players are. But 50 passes defended, around 35 sacks, so statistically they'll be closer to the 2021 unit. And that's more impressive than it sounds because, again, the Spartans play, they're going to play the number one strength of schedule in the regular season, in my opinion, at least according to my projections. And Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota, Iowa are going to be teams that have near elite, great offensive lines. Penn State at tackle will be elite. At guard, not necessarily. Iowa, they've had some issues on the offensive line in years past, but they return all of their starters, most importantly their center. In Minnesota, I know they lose everyone on the O-line, but watch the spring game and look at their depth chart. They're physical, they're big, they're not necessarily athletic as much as Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, but they're big. And don't forget about Maryland, and that's over half the schedule. I think over half of Michigan State's schedule are schools with good or great at worst offensive lines. So this D-line is going to get plenty of tests, and they're going to get it early because Washington, who I have reaching the college football playoff, is coming to East Lansing to play under the lights in just the third game for both programs. The defensive tackles will anchor this defense with elite starters and quality depth. And yes, I did say elite. I did. And that's because I believe in Simeon Barrow. Simeon Barrow is a great player. Now, when Michigan has Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham, Ohio State has Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, and Mike Hall Jr., those players are great freaks of nature, athletically gifted, and it's hard to reach first-team All-Big Ten or All-American when you have all of those players up there. And Simeon Barrow will certainly contend with those guys, along with Tara Edwards from Illinois, Logan Lee from Iowa, and also Kenneth Grant from Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan have some of the deepest defensive tackle rooms in the country. Michigan State has Simeon Barrow and Derek Harmon. Not as deep as Michigan or Ohio State, or even Georgia for that matter, but very close. Simeon Barrow's a great player. We've already went over his statistics. Um, the other defensive tackle that we were just talking about in Derek Harmon, last year did get some playing time. He had 28 total tackles, two sacks, a pass defended, and a fumble recovery. Jacob Slade was injured for part of the year, so he did get thrusted in there. So Michigan State has plenty of players on defense that did get rotational playing time, or they were subbed in perhaps earlier than anticipated because of injuries to starters. Defensive end and safety, very high ceiling, but also, I think, a low floor. Part of that's because of the youth, incoming transfers, new starters. And Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum, they're very athletic. They're four stars coming out of high school. Tunmise Adelaide was a highly ranked four-star coming out of high school who committed to Texas A&M, enrolled there, and now is at Michigan State. So you have blue-chip talent at those positions. Avery Dunn is a redshirt junior with experience who had three sacks last year. He'll, he looks to be starting opposite on the other side of defensive end, left side, along with Chris Bogle 
as his backup, another four-star who transferred in from Florida before the 2022 season. There is talent there. And according to high school recruiting, there's probably more talent at those positions than at defensive tackle, linebacker, or corner. They have high ceilings, but they also do have low floors. So whereas defensive tackle is probably the anchor, maybe the identity even, of this defense, what's going to make or break this unit will be the secondary and will be the pass rush. We know defensive tackle's good. Linebacker, we know, is at least above average. Cal Halliday and Aaron Brule have their own questions, especially Halliday when it comes to coverage. But Jacoby Winman, if he can play in every game, is going to be an impact player. Defensive end, safety, and corner, even though we're pretty certain that corner will once again be the weakness of this team, those will be the game-changing position groups. Those are the areas with the most movement. And again, I think this will be Mel Tucker's best secondary with Michigan State. And I expect the Spartans to face the three best offenses in college football this season. So it's going to be rough for the Spartans, but defensively, I think they'll improve. I think there's a lot of hope. There's also a high ceiling for this defense, but once again, a low floor. So a lot of variability. We'll just have to see how this upcoming season goes. And Washington and Maryland after that will be a great initial bunch of tests for us to see what Michigan State's identity and strategy is on defense. Thank you guys for watching. If you like this video, please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, and comment your thoughts on Michigan State's defense down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.